Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come together tonight, Lord, and to go through your word. I ask you to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost tonight, Lord. Give us the spiritual ears. We need to hear your voice in this word tonight. Give us the spiritual eyes to see this path as you lay it out before us. And the godly wisdom that we need to walk in that path, we thank you and praise you for it, Lord. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated, praise God. We're going to go through the book of Jeremiah tonight. Uh, there is a title to the message, but I'm not going to give that title just yet because I don't know how far we're going to get in this thing. It's a lot of Scripture. So we shall see because it's going to be a while before I get to it. So we're going to go through Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7, starting in verse 1. Amen. Starting in verse 1. The Bible says... The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Now, I just want to do a side note right here. Now, listen carefully and understand. What did the Lord just say? Let's, let's look at what He said right here. This is a message also to the church of the modern day. You can pick up and glean things from this Word that applies right now. The Word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, okay, what is the Word of God to a pastor? It's the Word of the Lord coming to the pastors and the preachers, amen, saying. That's what that Word is, okay? So this is what the Word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said. He said, stand in the gate of the Lord's house, okay? Stand in the gate, the entrance of the Lord's house. Stand in the midst of the Lord's house. Amen. And proclaim there this word. Praise God. See how it works with God? Amen. The man of God, he said, remember what he said? He said, and ye shall hear the word at my mouth. He said, I have set thee a watchman uh, unto the house of Israel, and ye shall hear, therefore ye shall hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. Well, this is exactly what was going on right here. Now, that, of course, is over in Ezekiel uh, chapter 3, uh, uh, verse 7, and also in chapter 33, verse 17. So, but this, of course, not that specific Scripture, but this is also speaking to that same principle. Amen. You shall hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word. And say, hear the word of of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Do you see? Do you see the pattern? You see how it works? Not just some of them. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. When you come into this church, when you come into the house of the Lord, you need to hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah. Now, that was not just talking about those that were of the tribe of Judah. But it was in the area and the town of Judah, amen, the area of Judah. And it said, all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. So, understand the Word of God is for everybody who enters into this house, period. And it does not matter whether you want to hear it or whether you don't want to hear it. As a matter of fact, it's those that don't want to hear it. That's the ones that need it the most, and that's the one God directed it to. They're the reason for the message. So he said, proclaim this in all, all ye of Judah that enter in these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. 
Who, that, who is that? The God of Israel. What did he say next? Amend your ways and your doings. So what does that mean? Amend your ways. Amend your ways. That's not just what you're doing, but that's how you think. Your ways is how you think. It's how you react. It's how you respond. It's how you. Uh, uh, it's it's how you. Uh, uh, it's how you do everything. It's it's everything encompassed and what you're doing. Your ways has to do with your thoughts as well and your doing. So it's not just your thought process and and how you feel about things and how you approach things and how you think about things, but also what you're doing. Amend them. Amend your ways. And your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Now, what does that mean? See why this is going to take a while? But we're almost through the third verse. This is not the deep study. We're going back to the deep study at another time. This is the surface study, so we should only be here for a year. But anyway. Thus saith the Lord, so it says, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Somebody help me. Somebody help me out with that. So what does it mean he'll cause you to dwell in this place? Think about it. What? Okay. All those are good. Expound on it a little bit. But how how does it what does it mean to dwell there? Amen. It's one thing to visit a place. It's another thing. It's another thing altogether to dwell there, to live there. Amen. There's a whole lot more to living in a place or living with God or just visiting or speaking with God. He said, I will cause you to dwell here. Well, when you dwell somewhere, somewhere, you, you eat there, you sleep there, you, I mean, your, your life is there and all the provisions for you are there. Amen. Listen, you got food in your dwelling. Amen. You got everything you need in your dwelling. And God said, listen, I will make you to dwell here. Amen. This will be your dwelling place. And I will supply all that you need to dwell here. Amen. That's what he's saying. Everybody with me? Everybody understand? Okay, here we go. Trust ye not in lying words. (laughs) Don't even get me started. Saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. (laughs) We're going to get to that here in a minute. Just hold your course there a minute, soldiers, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. Trust ye not in lying words, saying the temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord are these. For if ye... Thoroughly amend your ways and your doings if ye thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor. That is, that's so much to that right there. There's so much to that right there. It's not just talking about a, a, a person, a man and his neighbor having disputes. It's about a man and his neighbor, what this man, what the neighbor says is right and what this man says is right. Who's right? And it said over here in that last verse, Trust not in lying words, saying the temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord are these. Listen, God has a specific dwelling place. He has a specific dwelling place. 
God did not dwell in men at that time. God dwelled in the temple and on the mercy seat. Amen. He was, uh, uh, he was on the mercy seat between the, uh, uh, between the cherubs. But the Bible said, listen, in the temple was where God was. So, where the Spirit of the Lord dwelt and, and there were specific rules and regulations concerning that. But during this time, just as many other times you'll see, the people of God were starting to stray big time once again. And, man, before you knew it, that man, they're, they're like out in left field here 150 miles out, uh, out of the path. And so, so here the Lord was saying, don't believe these lying words when you hear everybody saying, this is the temple of the Lord. Oh, this is the temple of the Lord. Oh, this is the temple of the Lord. Oh, this is the temple of the Lord. That's exactly, that's exactly it. For if you thoroughly, or if you truly amend your ways and your doings, if you truly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, you take it serious, and you, you declare and determine judgment is a very serious thing with God. Remember, if you don't judge yourself, you're going to be judged. God will pass judgment on us. But what does it mean if you judge yourself, you shall not be but just? Most people don't even understand what the heck that means. They're like, what? Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I, well, I mean, you know, I love Jesus. I'm saved. Are you? Thank you very much. I'm going to heaven now. See you when you get there. What does that mean? What does that mean if you judge yourself, you shall not be just? What does that mean? We judge ourselves. That's right. He said, listen. <laughs> He said, from the, from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten yourself before the Lord. What does that mean, before the Lord? Not only mean in front of the Lord, but before Jesus has to do it. Amen. And that's exactly what judging yourself is. Amen. When's the last time you started to do something and you knew it was the wrong thing to do and you started to do it, started to do it, and all of a sudden that you can hear that little voice back say, go ahead. Wah, wah, wah. Go ahead. Make my day. Amen. And the next thing you know, he's like, never mind. I'm good, God. I'm not. Never mind. I, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm, never mind. I'm good. I'm good. What I meant to see what had happened was. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> not that we've ever experienced that or anything in this church, but <laughs> amen. Now, judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do all that. If ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt. Then, everybody say, then. My goodness, here's some of that if and then stuff again. You know that if and then message will last for eternity. You realize that, right? Because, I mean, there's, the Bible is all filled with if and then. Amen. Then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Amen. So God will cause us to dwell in this place. You, you do realize that that up there is an extension of this. 
We're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. If we faint not, if we, if we follow His Word, if we live His Word, if we live a life of holiness, righteousness, purity, amen. If we are, are, are sanctified, and, amen, and washed in the Word, praise God, in covenant with Him, amen. If we endure to the end and we faint not, praise God, we are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He is, where, where's the house of the Lord? Wherever He is, I'm going to be there, praise God. Wherever God is, I'm going to be there with Him, praise God. That's what we're aiming for, amen. Then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever, praise God. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. How many people? in this world today are going to church on a regular basis and, and they listen and they and they adhere and they uh man and they put their trust in these lying thieving conniving preachers and the words that they speak telling them this is the temple here's the temple here's the temple this is the temple of the Lord and it is absolutely the temple of Satan it is the synagogue of Satan. It does not line up with the Word of God. There's no judgment in the house. Why? Because they always capitalize on I know you've heard this many times. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Huh. Anybody ever heard that? Huh. Bible tells us not to judge people. The Bible says, if you judge yourselves, you will not be judged. Yeah, you don't want nobody else judging you. You ain't judging yourself. If there was judgment in your life, you wouldn't be living this way. You wouldn't be doing these things. The Word of God said, I have set a plumb line in Israel. The plumb line, praise God, is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Amen which is sharper than any two-edged sword, and He has said it in the house of Israel. He has said it in the house of God, in the church of the living God. And it is the, it is the, it is the mark by which everything is measured. If your life is lined up with it, well, praise God. But I guarantee you, if you walk through, if you walked a hundred miles in any direction, you could count probably on two hands, everybody you came across that was lined up with that plumb line. You could go through every church in this nation with a little notepad, and you wouldn't have to worry about overfilling it. You wouldn't need no more paper. Listen to what he said. Now, you need to get a hold of this. Remember what he said. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. Trust in lying words that cannot, not that they don't profit, they cannot profit. They cannot profit. Because there's no profit in anything but truth. What does it say next? Will ye steal, <laughs> murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom ye know not? Because they can't be known. And come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say we are delivered to do all these abominations? Now, of course, God was, He didn't say it like that. 
He didn't say it like that because that's not politically correct. He wouldn't. He would never be so ugly and mean, would he? He would say, "Well, now, uh, well, my goodness, now, would you quit that stealing? Just stop it now. Are y'all gonna be stealing and murdering and committing adultery and, my goodness, and swearing falsely and burning incense to Baal? Now, you know, I mean, Baal don't get along too good, and 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 walking after other gods whom you know not. I mean, because you know." That's not nice. That's not very nice. And come and stand before me in this house? No, that's not how he talked. No, that's not the consuming fire I, I serve, buddy. No, God don't play that, son. Uh-uh. He will not give his glory to another. Amen. And he will, let me see, he's a jealous God. And he, listen, he made you. And he brought you forth from your mother's womb. He breathed the breath of life into your nostrils, into the nostrils of man. He, you said, we are created by God and for God. Praise God, by Him and for Him were all things created. And without Him was nothing created that was created. Praise God, in heaven, in earth, or under the earth. Praise God. He said, and say, listen, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say we are delivered to do all these abominations. Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. Okay, so, alright, hold you, hold your wagon right there. Now, Fourteen directions we can go right here. What did the Lord do when He realized His house was made a den of thieves? That's when the Lord cast them out. He cast them out, whipped them out of the, whipped them out of the sanctuary, whipped them out of the court. Isn't that right? Amen. Because He said, "My my house, my Father's house, should be called a house of prayer. You have made it a den of thieves." Amen. Now, all right. I want you to go to his. Uh, uh, we're going to stop right there for just a second. I want you to bring up Ezekiel 44, 5 through 9. It's the one you got right there. It's in that lineup. But I want you to bring it up before the other two, or three, whatever it is. Look what it says right here. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man. See, here's what God expects in the house of God. Mark well, and behold with thine eyes, and hear with thine ears all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and all the ways uh, and all the laws thereof. And mark well. The entering in of the house with every going forth of the sanctuary. Now, talk to me about it. Talk to me about it. We've been here before. What's that mean? Hold on. Let somebody else do it. Come on. Come on, somebody. Speak up. Let's go. <laughs> what he said. Okay. All right. Our sister Tara, too, over here. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, what he said. You see what she said? Yeah, what he said. Yeah. Okay, speak up a little bit. Okay, so let's talk about, let's break it down. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man, mark well, and behold with thine eyes. Watch. Hear with thine ears all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances. Concerning how much ordinances? All the ordinances of the house of the Lord. And all the laws thereof. Okay, now here we go. That means you need to know what the Bible says about what is and what ain't. What should and what shouldn't. What did it say right there? Now, here's here's the key right here. And mark well the entering in of the house. Okay, so what 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 is that? What does that mean? What's that? Okay, what this means is there are a specific set of rules to what is allowed in the house of God and how you are to come into this place. So you are to mark well the entering in of the house. So in other words... Oh, it's marked well here, honey. <laughs> Them signs are all up and down this driveway right here. There's a sign on the door that said absolutely no tobacco products in here. Amen. They Listen, if I had signs in there uh, uh, like I wanted, man, it, I, I wouldn't have enough room on this building to put all the signs. No shorts, no tank tops, no brawless women, no men doing this and that and all this kind of stuff, no, no this, no that. I mean, man, you ain't never in your life seen so many seen so many uh, 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 ordinances I'd have out there. Buddy, I'd have it loaded up. But you know what? I don't have to do all that. Why? Because when people come in here, generally they're going to get the lowdown on it real quick. But we are to mark well the entering into this house. You know how we mark well the entering into this house as well? By what we do. Somebody walks in here, they're going to know. Oh, women in dresses, huh. men in suits and ties. Yep, uh-oh, see ya. Bye. Yeah. Goodbye. We mark well. Mark well the entering in of the house. It needs to be it needs to be absolutely perfectly clear what is allowed and what is expected and what is required in the house of God. Everybody with me? With every going forth of the sanctuary. Sister Tara. With every going forth of the sanctuary. Now we discuss the coming in. Come on. Okay, so break it down to me right there. Mark well the entering in of the house with every going forth of the sanctuary. So what does that mean?
That's right, sister. Okay. Now, so let's let's break it down right here. Mark well the entering into the house. It also means and mark well every going forth of the sanctuary. Mark well applies to both because the word and is in there which joins them together. See? So it means mark well the entering into the house and with, or with brings them together, also every going forth of the sanctuary. You see what I mean? So it's the same thing. Mark them well. So what does it mean to mark them well? It means we need to mark well what we do, what we stand for, how we live, what is expected, what's required by God of His people when we go forth in the sanctuary. Amen. People need to know what's going on when they come in here, and they need to know what's going on in here when we go out there. Amen. See? Praise God. Okay, so, this is what God expects. Now, that's just verse 5. Let's go on further. And thou shalt say to the rebellious. Now, I know y'all have never known any rebellious person. And, you know, I've never met one, but I've heard there are some. And thou shalt say to the rebellious, even, uh uh-oh, to the house of Israel, (gasps) was there rebellious people in the house of Israel? Even to the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God. See how, see how I patterned my ministry? Can you hear change of life in the cost of tabernacle in that scripture? What makes that sound like change of life in the cost of tabernacle right there? Thus saith the Lord God. That's it right there. That sums it up. Thus saith the Lord God. That's all you need. It was good enough for Jesus. It was good enough for the prophets. It was good enough for the men of God. And it's good enough for me. There's not anything else you ever need, but thus saith the Lord. Praise God. And that's exactly what it means when you say the Bible said, the Bible said, the Bible said. It's exactly the same thing as saying thus saith the Lord God. He said, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations. What does that mean? Let that be enough, what you've already done. Let it be enough. Stop it, he said. In that ye have brought... Oh, here we go. (laughs) Now, of course, this doesn't go on in America or nothing. Right? In that ye have brought into my sanctuary... He's already said he's going to declare now and break it down. (laughs) He's going to break it down to you right now, what he was talking about when he said, let it suffice you, let it be enough. Here's what needs to be enough. In that ye have brought into my sanctuary strangers. What does that mean? Strangers uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh. Of course, we don't have to be circumcised in flesh anymore. People don't have to be circumcised in flesh because that's not what saves you anymore. It's a different, that's not part of this covenant we're in. But uncircumcised in the heart, oh yeah, that means, that means right here. That means that you don't have your mind open and clearly uh, uh, lined up with God and aligned with God. Amen. Uncircumcised in heart, uncircumcised in flesh. Why? To be in my sanctuary. There's been many times, and you may have been guilty yourself. You know if you thought bad about me, because I'm too mean. 
I'm too strict, and you just not very nice, Mr. Preacher Man. You mean. You the meanest one ever did was. He said, to be in my sanctuary. Why don't I want them kind of people in this sanctuary? To pollute it. They pollute it. Amen. A little leaven leavens the lump. It don't take much to quench the spirit. It don't take much to make Jesus leave the building. To pollute it. Even my house. When ye offer my bread, the fat and the blood, and and they have broken my covenant because all your abominations. Uh Uh-oh. When somebody comes in here, and they don't line up with the Word, and they break a covenant, and they're allowed to do such a thing, they broke the covenant because of our abominations. They break the covenant because they're allowed to do it by us. God never had the intention of the world coming into the house of God and setting up shop. That ain't how it works, folks. This is a holy place. Even the Lord told Moses in the outdoors. Let me tell you something. Jesus has never changed. Where He goes, it's holy ground. And if you want Jesus in the house we're in, it's got to be holy ground. And that means you can't have Satan come up here and set shop, set up shop. You can't have sin and wickedness come up in this house and set up shop and expect Jesus to come in the house and dwell amongst His people. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That means when there's somebody in the building that don't line up with it, out they go. Out they go. And we don't go any further until they're out of the building. That's the way that works. That's happened several times in this church through the years. And it will continue to do it. It's happened since the beginning. And it's going to continue to happen. As long as somebody comes in here and don't want to line up with the Word of God, don't want, they want to push their agenda, or they, want to, they don't want to uh, uh, grow or, or move forward at all, then they got to go. The Word of God declares it, not me. He said, you know, people spend way too much time, and I praise God that everybody in this church is getting it. That it's not about numbers. It's about quality. God ain't concerned with numbers. He's concerned with righteousness. He's concerned with purity and holiness and righteousness. Amen. And he said not to bring strangers into his sanctuary to pollute it. As long as they remain a stranger, they cannot stay. Because they become a pollution to the house of God. There's only one way you can stay in the house of God, and that's to line up with His Word like we just saw a while ago. Now, even my house, when you offer bread and the fat and the blood, and they have broken my covenant because of all your abominations. And ye have not kept the charge of mine holy things, but ye have set keepers of my charge in my sanctuaries for yourselves. Now, now that I'm so rich and all, I hope y'all don't mind that I'm going to set up about 25 people to go ahead and just take over preaching and stuff, because, you know, me and my wife are going to be traveling and stuff. And uh, Sister Hoffman wants to go to Mars, and 
she wants to go to space station, a few places like that. And so we're going to be traveling around, stuff like that. They're building my rocket ship now. And uh, it's a two-seater. Got my little recliner from a little honey bun here. And... Yep. Oh, yeah. Can't go without you. I got a little coffee pot set up and everything for you. So you can have your little coffee. And you can just throw it up like that and go. <laughs> you just throw it up there. <laughs> yep. Suck it right in there. Yep. I did that from experience. Okay, now. And ye have not kept the charge of mine holy things, but ye have set keepers in charge uh, in my of uh, charge in of my charge in my sanctuary for yourself. So what were they doing? They weren't keeping charge of everything. Yeah, they weren't taking control of everything. They set up people to handle it for them because they were too good. And they just sat back and and collected the money and they just sat back in their high uh, in their high and mighty seats, and they let somebody else do it. There's a lot of people that like to be kingpin, and they just like to sit back and let everybody else do it. And and, uh, and that's what he said. Let me tell you something. I've always guarded the gate in this church, and I always will. Ain't nobody going to come in here. You ain't going to get in that pulpit. It ain't happening. Because I've had somebody get in that pulpit before, Every time, there's been more than once, every time I've ever let anybody in that pulpit, I had to, I had to do damage control. Even UPC preachers had been preachers for many, 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 50 years. I had to get in there and, and, and do damage control. Nope. Nope. Not going to happen. So, he said, you said... <laughs> You put people in charge. You wasn't keeping charge. You wasn't keeping the rules and the regulations and all that. That's how it got like this. It don't take no time, folks. It don't take no time. When you drop the standard, it don't take no time. You talk about some people that will just absolutely run off with something. You give anybody one inch, buddy, they're gone. They will take a mile. Now, you know as well as I do. Some of you guilty. Some of you guilty. If I let one little standard slip, let me tell you, these would be gone. These would be gone. These would be gone. You'd have jeans and a T-shirt. Men would be in jeans and a T-shirt. Or whatever it was, and they'd come in here even if they had time to go home, they'd come in here in their work clothes. Even if they had time to go home, they'd come in here in their work clothes and they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be doing their best for God. And it wouldn't even cross their mind that they could be doing better because it would be acceptable. And that's all people are looking for. What do I have to do? See, that's the problem. That's the, that's the problem with God. That's the problem with God. Yeah, that... What can I do for God? There's the right question to ask, not what do I have to do. Okay, God, what do I have to do? God's answer to that is, you ain't got to do nothing. I'll put you in hell today. You don't have to do a thing. I can put you right in there. got plenty of space down there for you yet. 
Still enough room down there for you. And here's the good part. Everybody you've ever known is down there, so you'll have lots of company. It ain't like you're going to be lonely down there not know anybody down there. Everybody you've ever known is down there. Thus saith the Lord God, or the Bible says, No stranger. Everybody say, No stranger. Does that leave... Does that leave it uh, open for discussion? I mean, does that does that leave some room for discussion? And no, no stranger that is uncircumcised in heart, nor uncircumcised in flesh, which means out of covenant. If they did not line themselves up, if they did not endure the pain of getting into this covenant. If they have no true token of the covenant and there was no consummation by the shedding of blood applied to them, understand something. You couldn't take the blood another man shed, amen, and apply it to you, get your little blood and say, oh, well, I'm good, I'm good. No, no, uh-uh. No, he endured the pain of getting into that covenant and he sacrificed part of himself to enter into that covenant. And, buddy, you're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to go through the same thing because it was the it was the entering into the house. At least you ain't got to take off something like that to come into the house. Hello? Huh. But that was the token of the covenant. And that was also the blood that consummated the covenant. There's always going to be a blood covenant. Now, nor uncircumcised in flesh shall enter into my sanctuary of any stranger that is among the children of Israel. It don't matter whether you... Well, I'm not Pentecostal. I don't care what you are. You call yourself Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. I don't care what you are. You call yourself German, German-Irish, Indian. You call yourself a circus monkey. I don't care what you call yourself. But I'm going to tell you, now don't get me started on no food. Here we go. Silence, woman. But, let me tell you what you will call yourself. You call yourself in covenant or you will not stay in this, in this wall. You're not going to stay in this sanctuary because you can't come in. Why? Because the Bible said so right there. There ain't going to be no stranger coming in here among the children of God right here. You're not coming in here with your attitude. You're not coming in here with that nonsense. You're not coming in here with the wrong book, the wrong covenant. You're not coming in here with the world's agenda in your mind and in your heart welled up in you. No, you're going to be circumcised in heart, in your mind. That means all that garbage has got to come off of you before you come into this walk. You can't stay here. Does everybody understand that? Is it pretty clear? I mean, it's not like it's a big gray area, right? Crystal clear. I like that. They're not coming in here. I believe that's pretty clear. I think that pretty well sets it and, and, and says what it needed to say right there. Amen? Okay. Here we go. Now, let's go back. So now we're going to go over to Jeremiah 26, 8 through 11. Now... Here, listen to what he said as he goes on down. No, go back. Uh, go back to our base text. No. 
Only two or three scriptures. We're going back to Jeremiah 7, 1 through 34. Yeah, we need to go to 12. Okay, there you go. Now, is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. All right. But go ye now. Listen to what he said. Now, here's, here's the Lord telling these people. He said, hey, but go ye now into my place, which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. So, here, boy, this, this throwed a big red flag at everybody right here because they thought this was the first sanctuary. They didn't even know nothing about Shiloh being the first temple, that the first temple was in, in Shiloh. But it was. So, all right, brother, let's blast over to Jeremiah 26, 8 through 11. Now, he said, go, go ye into my place in Shiloh. This roused the indignation of the people, amen, the ark that Jeremiah shows here had not always been at Jerusalem. He explained to the people because the Lord declared He needed to tell them about Shiloh. The place first chosen as the center of the nation's worship was Shiloh, a town to the north of Bethel. Amen. It was situated in, uh, in the tribe of Ephraim. Okay. Now, look what it says here. So he... He took them down a, tri- a trip down, took them on a trip down memory lane here. Now it came to pass when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak. This is in chapter 26. This is not here. Unto all the people that the priests and the prophets and all the people took him saying, Thou shalt surely die. They got mad about this, what he was telling them over in chapter 7. They got mad about it. And here's what they did later. They came against him because he had told them that, uh, huh, there's a problem. Uh, and, and he's even saying things such as that uh, this wasn't the first temple and that, you know, and that it's going to be bad on us like it was in Shiloh. And so anyway, he said uh, uh, all the people that the priests and the prophets and all the people took him saying, Thou shalt surely die. Why hast thou prophesied in the name of the Lord saying, This house shall be like Shiloh and this city shall be desolate without an inhabitant? And all the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. Do you see what's happening? Do you see what's happening? Can you see America in this? Can you see America in this? You see how that through the years I have, you've been here when I've done it, declared that, let me tell you something, the house of God ain't gonna, it ain't gonna stand for this nonsense. And God is going to judge the people of America, as I just said not long ago, and I say it Time and time and time again, and it's going to be something that absolutely comes to pass. The Bible said, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. You need to understand that is Bible. It's unmovable, unshakable. It's unchangeable. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's happening right now. These people haven't fallen off the deep end. They're being pushed off the deep end by God Almighty, and there's not anybody can pluck them out of His hand at this point, buddy. He has shut the door to America, and no man can open it. He shut the door of the world. Let me tell you something, buddy. If somebody's going to get in, they better run. They better run and not walk, because God is getting ready to close the door. God is closing that door. It's already started closing. 
you can hear the creak in the door. You better get in here before you hear that clang. Because once that door is shut, the time of the Gentiles is over. There will be no more allowed in. The Gentiles' time is up. He said, When the princes of Judah heard these things, then they came up from the king's house unto the house of the Lord and sat down in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then spake the priests and the prophets unto the princes and to all the people, saying, This man is worthy to die, for he hath prophesied against this city, as ye have heard with your ears. I, I'm telling you, just as sure as you're sitting there listening to me tonight, you're going to hear this same stuff coming out of people's mouth about Christians today. They're going to do it. It's going to be called hate speech. What we're doing is hot, it's going to be called hate speech. And that's exactly what they're going to be putting people in prison for. And it's exactly what they're going to be putting people in these prisons for and all that kind of stuff. They're going to say it's worthy to die. Because this is the kind of stuff that won't allow us to do what we're doing and feel good about it. They're saying that we're going to die and we're going to hell. They're worthy to die. It's exactly what was going on there. As you've heard it with your ears, they said. And that's exactly what they're going to do. Have you ever seen these shows years ago? Have you ever noticed that before things start coming to pass, there's a show about it? Shows about it? What's that? Yep, that's right. And people don't even see that. And it may be 20 years before it happens. But I'm going to tell you, it lines up. Remember the shows that you used to see about them killing... Uh, uh, people and being all thrilled about it, and they're all together like these uh, like these games. That what was the Hunger Games that just came on like that? And they're all like this, like this. He was like, no, that means killing. It's exactly what happened back in Greece and Rome and all those places in those uh, uh, in those arenas and all that kind of. That went on. That was Christians being killed. That was the Christians being killed under Nero and all those people. That was Christians being killed. That's coming. That's coming just like that. And they're going to get joy in that stuff. By the death of Christian people. It's going to be just like that. It's coming to this land right here. Watch and see. You're being groomed for that kind of stuff right now. One world government, they're going to clean house. Who are they going to clean it with? They're going to take away all judgment. They're going to take away all rule. And they're going to, they're going to use that kind of stuff for sport. They're going to usher in a reason for everything they do. They've already done it. Why, how are they going to usher in the guillotines? You know what they're going to say about the guillotines? You know what they're already saying about it. All these guillotines, they're going to, instead of lethal injection, they're not going to do that. Because uh, by doing that, they, they can no longer harvest the body parts. You're not going to have a dog in that hunt anymore. If there's somebody that's an aristocrat or somebody that's a good gene or has good genomes and homes uh, and all that kind of stuff and, and, and they want them to live or people that have money, they're going to cut your head off with that guillotine and they can take any part of your body they want and they can harvest it and give it to whoever they want to and sell it to the highest bidder. They're going to say it's quick, it's not, it's not, it's not inhumane, it's quick, it's certain. It's not any kind of, no way they can botch it up or something like that. It's the most humane way and all that kind of stuff. All see, they've, they've set the stage for everything. It's all set. 
Then spake the priests and the prophets and princes and all the people, saying, This man is worthy to die, hath prophesied against this city, as ye have heard with your ears. Okay, so, you see, right here, they've declared that that they wanted him to die. Okay, let's go to the next set of scriptures, brother, over at... Uh, no, it's not ready yet. Let me see. No, uh, Psalm 78. Okay, Psalm 78, 58. For they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. <clears throat> when God heard this, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel. My goodness. Does that sound like the Lord our God? Well, my goodness. Now, how, what does it mean, abhor? Does that mean hate? Why, my, my goodness, that means hates him with a passion to me. So that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent which he, the tent which he placed among men. Praise God. You see that? Here it is. Here's Shiloh. This is the first temple that he set up. It was a tent. The first temple. Amen. Now, and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. What does that mean? Delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. He gave his people over also unto the sword and was wroth with his inheritance. What does it mean, wroth with his inheritance? Who was his inheritance? Israel was his inheritance, and he was wroth with Israel. Amen. The fire consumed their young men, and their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. See that? <laughs> there was the first temple. Let me tell you something, folks. God does not play games. This is the kind of stuff you need right here. This is the kind of word the people of God need right here. This is prophecy. This is prophecy. This Mickey Mouse garbage that this world calls prophetic men of God are liars from hell. He said, you say, the Lord hath said, the Lord hath said. He said, I have not said, I have not spoken, neither hath it entered into my mind. The things that they were doing. And the things that this world does today and brings and calls and heaps to themselves teachers and prophets and all this mess, telling them that everything's okay and no matter what you do, Jesus loves you anyway. His blood, as He said, my grace is sufficient. They take that Scripture so far out of context and it's one of the favorite Scriptures of every church on this planet. His grace is sufficient. Where's your faith at? You have to believe what He did is sufficient to carry you all the way home. You can live like hell. You can kill, murder, steal, rob, lie. I cheat. You can do anything you want to. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are new every day. You're going to have to worry about keeping no rules or regulations. All that was done away with at Calvary. He throwed the rule book out. He just went to the cross and died. And his blood just splashed on everybody. Couldn't be more of a lie from hell than that. That sent millions and millions of people into hell today. And it's happening more and more every day. 
You watch these Hollywood people and these scumbags that die. And they paint them in heaven. Why they're so good, my goodness. And why they're just in heaven and they're in a better place. And No, they're not. Oh, no, they're not. But you are going to see them again. You're right. You're right when you say, oh, we're going to see them again. You're right. You will. You will see them again because they're right where you're headed. It's called hell. Hell. Except you repent. Now, at the first, the first stage of the temple, uh, the first stage of, of the people was the existence of the, uh, of the Jewish commonwealth. Shiloh was to the judges what Jerusalem ended up being to the kings. And as the fall of Shiloh came about through the wickedness of Eli's sons, that marked the period when the government by judges was to pass away. During the time of Shiloh, the judges were the rulers or the dictators or the ones that decided what was and was not going to be. After that era, and the sons of Eli uh, were, were killed, that marked the beginning of the second stage, which was going to be to the power of the kings. Now, 1 Samuel 2.12 and 1 Samuel 4, 4-11. So it was three stages. Three stages. The first stage was the judges. They are the ones that set the rules and regulations and all those things. When all that came to an end, at the, about the time where uh, uh, Eli's sons were killed because of their disobedience and their foolishness, uh, and the Philistines took over everything, uh, then it moved into an era of kings. And the kings began to rule and, and decree things like that, kings in Israel, and so on and so forth. And then once that was done, then it went to uh, the scribes. And the scribes became the lawmakers, and the scribes became the ones that dictated what was allowed and what was not. The scribes were the hierarchy, and they were still in, they were still in power when, when the Lord Himself came. Amen. Now, okay, now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. <laughs> They knew not the Lord. Here's talking about them. Okay, give me that next one, brother. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring for uh, bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubs, uh, cherubims, and the two sons of uh, Eli, Hophni and Phineas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all this were shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. And the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God is come into the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. So, man, they were shaking in their boots. Why? Because they'd heard 
about this God of the Israelites. And they heard about the, the God of the Hebrews and how that they brought, he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And, man, they were like, oh, my goodness, man, we're, oh, my gosh, uh, man, this God's going to overtake us. And they were scared. But listen, let me go further. Woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the, in the winter. See, they didn't even know he was one God. They thought it was gods, but they knew it was of the Hebrews. And they knew that there was a story about uh, about a God that brought the Israelites out of Egypt and that that uh, he smote the Egyptians with all these plagues in, in, in the wilderness. Now, and they said, listen to what listen to what their captain said. Be strong and quit yourselves like men. In other words, be strong and man up. Somebody called a wambulance. Straighten up, toughen up, Sally. Now, be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. And the Philistines fought. See, God wasn't going to let them lay down because God wasn't with them this time. God's one brought the Philistines because of all the foolishness of the sons of Eli. All the foolishness that they had done, all the, 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 we looked at it a while ago, all the stuff that they did in Shiloh. You see? So this was the judgment. God sent the Philistines. And even though the Philistines were scared of what they had heard, God encouraged their leader to say, oh no, toughen up, we're going to fight. Straighten up, he said, man up and fight. And the Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten. And they fled, every man, into his tent. And there was a very great slaughter for their fellow of Israel, 30,000 footmen. And the ark of God was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were slain. See that? When God passes judgment... When God closes the door, no man can open it. God had already passed judgment, see? But, of course, this is not really in the book, right? I mean, because you've got to take that out of there, right? Because you can't have any mean stuff in the book because Jesus remembers a pushover and he's the candy man, right? Okay. All right, brother. Okay. Now we've... Uh, okay, so let's go back to our base text. Uh, to Jeremiah 7, 1 through 34. All right, we'll go you now. Okay, so now, the first is, see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. So what I mean? Let this, be a, let this be a message to this world we live in today. All you got to do, all you got to do is what Jesus said. He said, hey, huh. Go ye now to the place which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first. See what I did to it for the wickedness of my people. <laughs> See what I mean? That's all you need to do. You just need to go back and do yourself a little history lesson and see what happened to the last person that acted like you. <laughs> it's an eye-opening experience, it is. Yep. It'll make you change what you're doing. 
Amen. Because let me tell you something, folks. Whatever your question is, the answer's in the book. Well, Lord, is this okay? Well, let's, let's roll that beautiful bean footage, shall we? Let's just take a look at the last 27 people I put in hell for less than that. And then once you get going through that trip down memory lane, and God says, uh, what do you think? Did you get your answer? Uh, yeah, Lord, I got my answer. I got my answer loud and clear. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Now, and now, because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you. Now, this is right after he said, go check out Shiloh and see what I did to them because of the same stuff you're doing right here. And he says, and now, because ye have done all these, these works, the same stuff they did, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but ye heard not, and I called you, but ye answered not. Therefore will I do unto this house which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. I'm going to do the same thing I did to Shiloh. Because of what you've done was the same thing they did, and I'm going to put the same thing on you. He said, I rose up early. I came to you. I tried to warn you about this mess. I tried to stop you. But you wouldn't have it. You wouldn't listen to me. You would not see. And I will cast you out of my sight as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. Now, understand something here today. Now, of course, you know, people don't believe all this right here. They don't believe that happens today. God ain't going to cast nobody away. No way. And I will in no wise cast him out. That don't apply to this kind of stuff right here. That's those that come to Him and are seeking Him and desiring to live for Him and to follow His will and His word and His way, to live holiness and righteousness before Him. He said that I will, if they have sinned and all that kind of stuff, but they turn and they come to me, I will in no wise cast Him out. But this ain't talking about people here that's willful, willful disobedience, willful disregard for His word. It ain't talking about that. This is what happens to that. And I, I have cast out all your brethren, as I have cast out all your brethren. I will cast you out of my sight. And well, just like I cast out all your brethren in Shiloh. Do you, do you know there's other churches that God's cast out that might have once blazed trails for God? But God cast them out of His sight. For what? Because He's just being mean? Why? Disobedience. Disobedience. Therefore, listen to what Jesus said. Listen to what God said to Jeremiah. Therefore, pray not thou for this people. Neither lift up cry nor prayer for them. Neither make intercession to me. For I will not hear thee. Oh my goodness, well my goodness, now I'm just a praying to the Lord and... And he just hearing my prayer because, you know, me and him's good buddies and all. And me and Jesus was just sitting down having a beer. And, you know, we just sitting down. And we just sitting down having a smoochy talk. And no. No, you wasn't sitting down with my God. You might have been sitting down with Lucy. But uh, you wasn't sitting down with Jesus. Don't lift up no prayers for him. Don't lift up no cry for him. He said, I don't want to hear all that. That ain't going to work with me. Neither make intercession for them. Don't try to stand in the gap for them because I ain't hearing it. Why? Because I've already passed judgment on them and it's going to happen. 
Why? You know why? Because they knew better. Yes. He's talking about the ones that he cast out. He cast them out for the exact same thing they did at Shiloh. And he said, the same things that your brethren did there, and I cast them out for that, I'm going to do the same thing to you. Because I came to you and I warned you. And I warned you. And you would not hear. I called and you would not hear. I showed you and you would not see. But you ignored it. You ignored my cry. You ignored my prophets. You ignored the cry that went forth. You ignored Jeremiah. You ignored the other prophets that came to you and told you and spoke in my name. You wouldn't listen to it. Man, I'm going to tell you something. These, these cats, man, they were setting up. They were setting up Baal statues and, and all these. And you ain't even, we ain't even got near the part yet that just fixing to blow your mind. We're fixing to get there in a minute. They set all this up in the temple of God. They put these idols and stuff in the temple of God. And they were praying to Jesus in the temple, to God in the temple of God, and they were praying to Baal in the temple, and saying, in the sanctuary of God. You know how he likes that. Seest thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? He said, he told Jeremiah, don't you come to me crying and whining about these people. You see what they're doing in the streets of Judah and in Israel? You see what they're doing to me? The children gather, listen, woo, listen to this right here. Man, 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 help me, Jesus. The children, it's a family affair. Why? My goodness, we're just all having a big old time. We're going to have a Jesus cookout. The children gather wood, and the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the Queen of Heaven, <laughs> and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods that they may provoke me to anger. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ooh, buddy, here we go. Now, can you say series? Children, fathers, women, all the members of family of the family were taking part in this idolatry. The queen of heaven was a Persian and Assyrian deity who was supposed to symbolize a quality possessed by moonlight of giving to nature its receptive power, which means the ability to conceive. So all the women were required to pray to the Queen of Heaven, which was the moon. Yeah, it was, it was like a fertility god, but it was a, yeah, it was the queen of heaven, and the, and she was attributed with being able to cause women to conceive, and and they they attributed the same power to her as the as the moon has, and they considered the moon to have an effect on, you know, plants to, uh, 
you know, when you had seed, you, you plant the seed and all that kind of stuff. The, the moon gave it the power to, uh, to take hold of the earth. And the sun uh, gave it power to break forth. So the sun was also a god, and the sun had the power to break it forth. The moon gave it power to, uh, to be conceived into the ground, so on and so forth. Now, so the moon uh, became the general symbol of female productiveness uh, and was worshipped in many places like Babylon. Amen. Okay, so but remember this because... This ain't even a drop in the hat yet. Just remember this right here. Remember the Queen of Heaven. Okay, now, because we've not heard all the last about the Queen of Heaven. Now, here we go. Okay, so, next. That they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger? <laughs> you think? Saith the Lord... Do not they provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces? Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, mine anger and my fury shall be poured out upon this place, upon man and upon beast and upon the trees of the field and upon the fruit of the ground, and it shall burn and shall not be quenched. Now, my goodness, Jesus going, God don't have no temper, right? His fury is going to be poured out. I would not want to be some of these people on this earth when God comes back with that sword in His hand, buddy. And upon B, he said, I'll pour, uh, pour it out upon this place, upon man, upon beast, and upon the trees of the field, upon the fruit of the ground, and it shall burn and shall not be quenched. Understand something. Listen, it wasn't just the men that did wrong. All the beasts, they didn't do nothing wrong, but that's how mad God got. Man, when, let me tell you something. When God passed judgment against the people, it was man, woman, child, suckling, oxen, ass, sheep, everything that was living and breathing. Buddy, I mean, he come even lift the ground up, man, the dust of the ground that they walked on. But that's how mad God gets. He wipe out all existence you ever, that you ever did exist. Wipe out your whole lineage. He said, I'm coming, I'm going to kill everything, I'm going to kill every one of you, I'm going to kill everything you've got, everything that's living and breathing around you. There ain't going to be a sign or a resemblance of you ever being here when I get done with you. And it shall not be quenched. Ain't nobody going to come make intercession for it. Ain't going to happen. Let me tell you something. When the sword of God falls on the land of America, ain't nobody going to intercede for it. You're not going to intercede for it. You hear all these people say, well, my goodness, now we all just as Christians just been going to cry it out to God and stand in the gap for America and pray for our president and pray for this. Man, let me tell you something. 500 years ago, it wouldn't have been, it still wouldn't have been successful. It sure ain't going to be successful today. This is going to be an expected end, and this is all part of the plan. Now, shall not be quenched. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifice, sacrifices and eat flesh. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices and eat flesh. 
For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. But, everybody say, but... They hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and the imagination of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. They got worse instead of better. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt, what does the land of Egypt represent? The world and sin. Evil and wickedness. That's what the that's what that's what uh, the land of Egypt represents. And I'm gonna tell you, the land of Egypt is mentioned a whole lot of times in the Bible. Amen. Now, since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt, unto this day I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, daily. You hear this? He said, daily, rising up early and sending them. I sent prophets to you daily. I sent them to you. But you wouldn't listen. How many of you clearly understand? God sent me to you. God sent me to you. He sent me to your life. He sent me to give you His Word. Nothing fancy about me. I'm just a mouthpiece. But I'm that mouthpiece right there. I'm that mouthpiece right there. All I do is I give a voice to the Word of God. That's it. That's it. There's nothing special about me. Wasn't nothing special about Jeremiah. You hear the Word at my mouth and warn my people from me. Give me a voice that I may speak through you. That's what God does. He speaks through His servants that are willing to just say what He's... Listen, I don't want to add to it. I don't want to take from it. I'm just going to tell you what he said. Amen. Because what he said is sufficient. It's enough. What he said is all you need to hear. I just need to be a willing and an obedient servant that's willing to tell you what the king said. Amen. And just like he said it. And not try to sugarcoat it or make you like it or worry about if it hurts somebody's feelings. Amen. Does it sound like he was worried about hurting somebody's feelings here? No, he wasn't worried about hurting nobody's feelings. Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore, thou shalt speak uh-oh, all these words unto them. But listen to what he said. See, he's told me this same thing. Not concerning you, but this world out here. He said, you speak all these words. He told me that one time because I was trying to do it a little different. I had an agenda. I wanted to fill a building up. I saw myself as one of these preachers that was going to make lots of money. See, I thought, man, I'm going to start out with a little small church. It won't take me no time, man. I'll have 500 people and I'll build me a great big old building, man. I'm going to have some, man, some Holy Ghost blowout devil stomping, man. I mean, just church busting out on the sides, man, having to build new New wings on the church all the time, man, because people of God are going to flock to it. 
As you can see, it worked just like that, right? Yeah, because I wasn't going to be mean. I was going to be nicer and try to, you know, get them in first and give them some time to grow into this and all. Next thing you know, man, people walking around in sweatpants and halter tops and shirt. Man, girl come in the house one time with a skirt on. I ain't kidding you. It should have been a belt. I mean, it couldn't be a skirt. Because it, it just, it just couldn't, it didn't even come down, it didn't even come down to, you know, didn't even come down to that far. And it was a skirt. And she sat on the front row! I'm like, oh no, you don't, devil. No, no, you ain't fixing to get my attention, you know. Oh no. So I just took my jacket off. And I said, ma'am, I laid my jacket right down on her lap, and I said, keep that right there for me, will you? She just went, go figure. What's wrong with people? Anyway, but the Lord told me after, you know, after a while, this thing just got, got out of control, man. The Lord said, here's an idea. He said, I see your... I know your intentions. I know your heart. I know I know what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to get pile some people in here and really fill the building up and all that. And I said, I see your heart's in the right place. He said, but here's an idea. How about you preach it like I wrote it? You let me take it from there. And that was, that was the day it changed right there. I said, okay, Lord. He said, yep, you just preach it like I wrote it. And that's exactly how I preach it. Now, Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Does that sound familiar to you? Is there a time when you wouldn't have understood that? Is there a time that you would have read that and went, What's that mean? Uh, I don't understand. What, uh, what does that mean? What does it mean that truth could have perished? Well, my goodness, Jesus died on the cross. That's what it meant. Because He's truth. And He died on the cross. That's what that meant. That's what they're saying. Right? Have no idea. They have no idea. They're just lost as a duck walking around. Well, who am I? Where am I going? Where did I come from? Dumber than a bag of rocks. This is a nation obeyeth not the voice of God. Voice of the Lord their God, neither receive nor receive a correction. Truth is perished. There ain't no truth left in churches of America. There's no truth in them. Why? Because if you've taken any truth out, you've taken it all out. A little leaven leaveneth the lump. 